Uh, welcome to a new episode of the Superpowered Fancast. This is Darren. Uh, this week on the podcast, I got the pleasure of interviewing Rose Eveleth, creator and host of the podcast Flash Forward. Now, have you ever wondered what the future would be like if we could mine an asteroid, or if we could retire to a nursing home in space, or what if humanity moved underground? Now, Flash Forward takes these questions and explores them using uh, scripted radio play style moments, as well as interviews with scientists and other experts. Now, Rose explores everything from artificial wombs to what could happen if space pirates dragged a second moon to Earth. Now, every episode is a futurist dream, and Rose explores society and its evolution. Now, I had a great time talking to her about her love of science, the science fiction influences that drove her to create Flash Forward, and also her book, Flash Forward, an illustrated guide to possible and not so possible tomorrows, as well as how her podcast could be a great comic book series. Now, there'll be links to her website and, podca- and podcast in this episode, and I would encourage everyone to give Flash Forward a listen. So with that out of the way, here's my interview with Flash Forward's Rose Eveleth. Well, uh, Rose, thank you so much uh, for being on the podcast. I am a, I'm a, a fan of the of your podcast. Uh, I, I've been listening to it for like the last two or three weeks, and I, I love the as a as a as a geek, as a comic book nerd and uh, <laughs> sci fi nerd. I, I love I, I love the premise uh, above everything else. So uh, thank you again so much for being on the being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk about it. Uh, well, the first thing I want to ask, I'm, I'm sure you've probably answered this question before, is like, what kind of got you into futurism and especially like futurism as entertainment? Yeah, so my background is in science originally. I thought I'd be a scientist. And then uh, I started doing science and I was like, hmm, I'm not actually into the doing of the thing. I just like thinking about it and reading about it, talking about it. Um, and I couldn't pick a field to get into. I like had applied to grad school actually in like four di- totally different fields of science. And I had a very kind advisor who was like, this is a bad sign, right? Like you really need to be willing to like commit to a certain kind of science. Um, and so I went to grad school for journalism instead because someone had finally introduced me to the concept that you could write about science and not have to do it, but still kind of like be in that kind of same learning space. Um, and then I was a freelancer and when you're a freelancer, you take literally any assignment that anyone will pay you to do, right? And so I had gotten these assignments from a couple of science magazines to cover these really cool bionic hands that were coming out, prosthetic hands that were kind of looked awesome, like just really very cool looking. Um, and I went off and I did a bunch of interviews with the people who made these hands and then with a bunch of people who used them. And I actually learned that, you know, they look awesome, but they don't work great a lot of the time. Um, It's actually really hard to use a prosthetic hand. And especially when they're super high tech and super expensive, they take a lot of training to learn how to use. And if they break, you can't fix them. And people were just putting them in their closets and not even using them because they were so afraid to break this like $30,000 device that you, you know, with your hands, you're using stuff all the time, you spill something on it, you know, like, whatever. And so there was this mismatch I saw between the coverage of all this like cool high tech stuff and then the reality of like the people who were using it. And I got really interested in that. And so that kind of got me into this world of like looking at futurism and these sorts of like really cool promising technologies, but also kind of trying to understand like, are they actually as good as they claim to be? You know, how do they work? How do the people who are gonna end up using the most 
feel about them, which is often weirdly a question that doesn't get asked enough, I think, in some of the coverage. And so I kind of got into it from the journalism side. And I've always been a huge science fiction fan. And so when I got the opportunity to make whatever podcast I wanted, I was like, why not both? You know, so I got to combine them. And that's been the fun, the really fun part of making the show. Well, that's the, the next, leads into the next question I was going to ask, because I, I, I love science, but my love of science always, uh, was really driven by science fiction. Like when I was a little kid, my my dad uh, sat me down and watched Star Trek because he was a huge fan of it. And I, I became one as well. And that love of science fiction kind of led me into hard science and science fact and my, and my love of those things. So like, were there any kind of specific books or movies that in kind of inspired you in, in the making and not only your, your, your science, your love of science, but in, in making the podcast? Yeah. My dad is a huge science fiction fantasy fan as well. And so that was like what I grew up on. Um, my parents love to tell this story. I refused to learn how to read as a child because we were in the middle of my parents reading The Hobbit to me. And I was like, well, I know the scam. If you teach me to read, you're going to stop reading. And we're in the middle of The Hobbit. And I like got to know what happens. Right. And so I like just refused to learn how to read. And uh, they had to like, go, there was this whole panic apparently, where I was just like, no, no, I'm good. You guys are reading to me. This is great. Like, I've got a good situation going. Um, and uh, and so, yes, I like from an early age, I think probably the first after like, you know, I read the Lord of the Rings and all of that. And then Earthsea Trilogy was really the one where I was like, oh, yeah, this is like I'm into this. I'm extremely into this. My dad has an original set of the Harvey brothers, um, but like super old school, like probably didn't age well like frankly if you go back and reread it you're probably like oh there's probably a lot of stuff in there that's not great but they had like undersea you know these amazing robots under the water and I thought that was so cool so yeah like truly was raised on so much of this stuff that my dad my dad was not a big like television like we didn't watch Star Trek he wasn't into like the visual stuff it was just like all the books you could possibly dream of um and so I got to really get into the book side of things first yeah, I was, I was kind of the same way growing up. Like we, you know, we did the the Star Trek, but I was really more into into reading. So yeah, definitely uh, the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, Cimmerillion. I always say that wrong, but I it was really more like fine. Fantasy. It's the least important one, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, so that kind of led you into um, wanting to do a like kind of combining the the uh, science fiction stuff that you loved and the hard science things that you were really interested in. And uh, so then kind of what was the, the, I'm saying it wrong. What was kind of your, uh, your, your moment where you said, you know what, I should talk about scenarios of the future. Like I, I, I I should tell people, I should just kind of throw those, throw those out there and see what people think. Like what was, like what was kind of the process into going in and actually like creating a podcast about futurism? Yeah. So I had a friend, Emily Newitz, who's amazing, writes amazing books, both science fiction and uh, fact, um, was the co-founder of io9 um, and at the time was working at Gizmodo and io9 running those sites. And they came to me and were like, hey, we want to get into podcasts. We've heard about podcasts. And I had worked a little bit at Radiolab and worked at a couple of other shows. And I, they knew I liked podcasts. And they were just like, hey, do you, do you have any podcast ideas? And I was like, you know, boy, do I. <laughs> like, uh, and I like pull up my document. And so I pitched them three ideas, actually, um, originally. And io9 obviously does that like combination of like reviewing science fiction and then also kind of covering science. 
And so it was a really natural fit to kind of pitch them this idea that I had of like trying to do that in podcast form kind of with these like scenarios and science fiction. And Annalie was the perfect person to work on with it because like, you know, they do literally both. And so they have a vast knowledge of sci-fi. They write sci-fi, but they also kind of are a journalist who does all that stuff. So it was just sort of like a natural thing to pitch. Um, and they, you know, they were like, yes, that sounds really fun. So the first um, season of the show actually was a pilot for Gizmodo at right. the time. Um, and so that was really the beginning of it. And I thought it would be really, I mean, now I have a whole philosophy of like why it's important to think about the future and like all these things. At the time, I was like, this sounds fun. You know, like I did not have any kind of like grand unified theory of futurism. Um, I just thought it would be really fun to do. And then as I worked on it, I kind of realized like, oh, this is actually a really great way to help people understand the future, prepare for it, ask questions now about like where we're going, whether we want to be going those places, how we can avoid going to places we don't want to go. So there was a lot of it was just because it sounded really fun and it has been very fun. Um, and then as I started doing it, I kind of realized that there is actually a utility here as well beyond just like it's fun for me personally to make. Right. Well, uh, also one of the things I love about the the podcast is the format. I love the fact that you have like a little... Um, like skit scenario in the beginning and then you kind of introduce like you introduce the year and then you talk to experts so what um where did that kind of uh, format come from like did you want to did you want to kind of do uh, a little bit of an homage to radio dramas but also uh like in, and then how do you how do you decide like what experts you want to talk to yeah i think the fictional deciding to include those fictional sketches i've always loved like old tidy radio drama like war of the world like it's just so fun to listen to um and also you know as a reporter one of the challenges of reporting on the future is that it has not happened yet and so there's like nothing to show right there's nothing to play like you kind of don't have those scenarios and so it made sense to me to kind of like create them so that we could then talk about them with these experts who kind of are looking at this world you know normally if you were doing a podcast about something you would just go and record the thing happening but of course you can't do that, right? And so I'm sort of like creating the scenes that I need to kind of then go like report on essentially for the show. Um, and then for experts, you know, a lot of it is uh, figuring out who's working on this, who's thinking about this in interesting ways. Um, a lot of the show is also trying to make sure that we're always talking to people who maybe don't always get interviewed or people who are working on this, but sort of at an angle you weren't expecting. Um, you know, so not always just talking to the same scientists over and over again, you know, that, that everyone talks to who are very talented and very smart, but you probably heard them on every other podcast, you know, about science and technology. So trying to kind of think through like, yeah, what is the surprising thing that could happen here that maybe we haven't thought about? Or going back to the anecdote I told about prosthetic hands, like making sure that we're talking to the people who will be the most impacted, right? So if we're going to talk about CRISPR technology and human gene editing, we're going to go talk to a bunch of disabled people for whom like this is very, very real and they have to kind of grapple with now. So sort of making sure that we're including those people is a big piece of how I figure out who to talk to. Um, and also just like, if there's a science fiction book that came out that I like and I want to interview the author, I'll be like, hey, <laughs> this would be cool, cool to have on the show. So um, a lot of it is the show is very much driven just by like what I am interested in. Right. Well, that's, that's great. And that's, uh, it was going to kind of lead into some of the other questions I had was because, um, again, the format is is really great. And I love uh, the the fiction elements and the interview elements. And I love the fact that it's that it, it, it never feels judgmental. It's never saying, hey, this is how you should feel about this scenario. It, kind of, it leaves it up uh, to the to the listener to do so. So uh, just 
along those lines is like of all the thing of all the scenarios that you've done so far, all the ones that you've explored, like which one just for you personally, would you, do you think you'd want to live in and kind of which one would be kind of one you would consider maybe not, uh, not necessarily uh, close to you personally? Yeah. Um, it's funny. We often are, people will be like, why are you so dark all the time about the future? <laughs> Cause a lot of the show is being like, maybe not that, right? Like, <laughs> you know, let's not do that one. Um, so there's a lot to pick from when it comes to like futures we should probably avoid. Unfortunately, we did do a pandemic episode four and a half years ago now. So we got that one right. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> right? Like, um, so not the one I would have chosen to come true, but uh, there we are. Um, there's a, an episode actually early on in the first season um, that talks about a future in which gender is just like, kind of like hair color. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you can pick and choose. Doesn't really matter that much. Like you get to kind of whatever people notice it, but it's not like a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I'd like. I'd like that to be like, it's opt in instead of opt out. You don't have to like make it a whole shebang if you want to like, just not deal with it. Right. Right. Um, I feel like that's one that would be quite nice um, that I that I like thinking about. Um, plenty to choose from in terms of things I don't want to have happen. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot a lot like that. Um, or often we try to blend the both, right? To say like, mm-hmm. it could go this way and maybe not that, but it could also go this way and maybe we could choose that version. Um, we also have done episodes on things like a housing guarantee, which would be obviously great um, for lots of people who are unhoused. Um, one that I would least like to live in trying to think of an answer that is not the most obvious ones that are like i think actually i was thinking a lot recently about head transplants Mm -hmm. which we did an episode about um and uh and sort of like the sort of reality and ethics of like what happens if you allow a doctor to like cut your head off and that seems like a pretty bad one (laughs) yeah well i've thought about and again just listening to the show i've kind of thought about again how we look at the future both uh, practically, aspirationally, and especially in entertainment. And I do kind of notice that a lot of our entertainment, like books and television and movies, they always kind of go veer towards the the dystopian elements of the future. And I always think that that's more informed by who we are today than who we're going to be in the future. So that's one of the reasons why I've always why I enjoy uh, the podcast so much is that you just kind of you, you recognize that those elements are there, but it doesn't become like the driving force of the narrative. So, I mean, do you kind of like see that as far as like our depictions of the future are kind of more a reflection of who we are in the present? Oh, I think always, right? All science fiction is really about what's happening now, right? Like most of them are not about, like Star Trek being a great example, right? You can track like what the conversations are in the culture based on which episode came out when, right? Like it's it's not subtle, you know what I mean? Um, And so, which is not a bad thing, right? Like I think that it's a really useful lens through which people can think about like, why do we do things the way we do things, right? Like what, what, like, why did we make those choices? And does it have to be that way, right? Like, I think that there's a really useful, I think it's really useful and important to use some of these fictional techniques and like stories and characters to be able to get people to start asking those questions. Um, you know, for me, a lot of it is trying to help people think through the future in a way that isn't scary necessarily, but also does prepare them to like ask the right questions, right? So like, I think a lot of people have the experience where they'll see a headline and they'll be like, I don't know should I be worried about that? Is that an actual thing? Like, 
Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk are fighting about the singularity. And you're like, I don't know if I need to worry about that. Like, is that a thing I need to care about? Um, and part of the show is to kind of like help people feel like they're equipped to like ask questions when the, a new technology shows up or when their school board is proposing to use facial recognition in their school. And like knowing what questions to ask and being ready to have that conversation is a lot of what the show is about. Less so telling you like, go, go do this very specific thing and more being like, this is probably going to be a conversation you're going to have to have in the next five years. And like, here's how you can be ready to have it. Yeah. And again, I know it's just from listening to the show. It's like, you're not talking about scenarios that are going to happen in like, you know, 3025. You're talking, kind of talking about things are going to happen within the lifetime of people who are, who are listening, who are, you know, lucky enough to live long enough to experience them. So, and I, I noticed that like, and one of the things I wanted to talk about is uh, you wrote a book about these things that beyond the uh beyond the podcast it's a flash forward and illustrated guide to possible and not so possible tomorrows so uh, what can you uh tell tell us about the the book itself like what what kind of went into why you wanted to to create one and kind of what you want what you wanted the the book to say beyond the podcast yeah um yeah people have been asking me like when are you gonna do a book when are you gonna do a book like the show's been on for seven years now and uh or six years now and like you know at some point like that's a question people ask when you have a podcast right perhaps you have been asked this question like where's the book um like i'd like to be asked that question <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like oh like cross-platform you know x y and z whatever and i for a long time i was like i don't I don't know what I would, like, I make a pod, I don't, I, like, I wouldn't want to just do, like, transcripts of the podcast. I was like, eh, like, I couldn't really figure it out. And then, actually, a comic artist, Sophie Goldstein, emailed me, kind of, like, uh, was like, I like the show, I'm a, I'm a, I make comics, would you ever think about doing, like, a comic anthology, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was actually a really cool idea to be able to take these fictional scenes that are in the podcast and blow them out into something bigger and with these cool characters, get to work with a bunch of artists. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not realize this. I was talking to Sophie at a book event that we did recently. And Sophie was like, oh, yeah, I thought we would do a zine, like not like a whole hardcover like, thing, <laughs> you know, thing. That's sort of like my, I don't know, that's like my personality where I'm like, let's do it. And then I just mm-hmm. like, can't, you know, throw myself into something. Um, but yeah, every episode or every chapter is a different future, just like the podcast. But each of them starts with these like 16 page comics and they're all by different artists. So it's 12 different artists who illustrated the different comics. And then afterwards, it's kind of like an essay with reporting by me about like what we just saw, whether mm-hmm. like how to think about it. Um, and it was really fun to make because I had never worked on, I've read a lot of comics, but I've never worked on comics before. And so it was really fun to sort of see that process from the inside and like learn how it works and work with these amazing artists who did such beautiful work. So I was, it was so fun to make. Well, I was going to ask about that just because it's it's such a it's it's a premise that can that lends itself very well to the comic book format. Like, have you ever thought about like writing a a comic book series, like having a protagonist uh, go from scenario to scenario, future to future, and kind of exploring uh, those things from a from a fiction perspective? Yeah, totally. I mean, like now that I've done this. I'm like, oh yeah, like I had no, it was like a total black box to me and it seems so impossible to make comics, right? Like I'm sure other people feel that way about like podcasts or like other things, but to me, I'm like, I have no idea how that works. And now that I've sort of seen it and I know at least the steps, this is not to say that I think it is now easier than I thought before, but at least now I kind of like know how it works a little bit. 
Um, I have been thinking about, yeah, is there a version where we could kind of go and have the same characters, you know, experiencing, like you say, lots of different things? Because that's one fun thing you can play with when you have a comic where you can, like, have them moving around in time in ways that you don't have to, like, explain. Like, you don't have to, like, justify time travel in a comic. <laughs> right? It's just going to happen, right? <laughs> as many, many comics have successfully shown. Well, it's one of those things in, as a conceit of comics that just kind of exists. Like yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, all comics exist in a universe where there is time travel. Right? <laughs> yeah, it would be really fun to do. I, I would absolutely encourage it. And as a person that reads and reviews comics, I would absolutely read it as well. Um, but what can, as far as the podcast, like uh, you got a new season coming out. What can, uh, what can fans look forward to? Yeah. So this season we are doing a little bit of experimenting with form. Um, so normally the show has like one intro scene and then everything else is kind of like reporting and, and talking to experts and stuff. For this season, we're experimenting a little bit with like weaving the fictional story through those mm. whole episodes. Um, we have a mini season coming up uh, about robots. It's going to be a couple different episodes about various different things about robots. That'll be fun. Mm. Um, and yeah, and I think it's just sort of like we've got some really fun episodes about a whole bunch of different topics. We had one that came out recently um, about living underground, which involved a sitcom. We recommissioned an original theme song for the sitcom, which is very fun. <laughs> um, and so I think just like trying to have fun with it. I like, you know, the big thing of the show is like, when you make an independent podcast, as you know, mm-hmm. uh, you kind of like have to have fun. Otherwise, like, why are you doing it? Right? It's like, we're not in it for the big bucks here. <laughs> um, and so it's just sort of like having a good time. And uh, so there's a lot of fun, weird surprises in this season that I'm excited for people to hear. Well, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. But uh, as just kind of piggybacking off, off what you said about independent podcasts, it's like I'm I'm still relatively new at this, but I'm but I enjoy the experience. So, what kind of advice would you give for for someone like you've been at you've been doing this for for six years now, and it it you, I can tell that you're still enjoy you're still enjoying it. So, kind of what advice would you give to someone who's thinking about uh, starting a podcast, or even somebody that's 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 already doing one that's kind of wondering if they have a if they actually have a voice in this in this uh platform to li- that's yeah. worth listening to yeah yeah it's a great question i think that my main advice so if you're starting a podcast and you're like looking at starting a podcast my main advice for people whenever people ask me that is like stop worrying about microphones stop worrying about like the tech like you need a good idea first right you need an idea that can actually sustain and that has enough behind it that you could make a bunch of episodes, but also that like you would enjoy making a bunch of episodes. Nice. So I always ask people who are first starting out podcasts, I sort of challenge them. I'm like, if you can't list 10 episodes that you could just like write down, like what we could do 10, 10 episodes. If mm-hmm. you struggle to list 10 of them, you probably got to like think a little more about like what your show is, like what, why you're doing it. Um, I think the other thing is like, especially if you're going to try and make an independent podcast, there's, there's sort of a difference between if you're trying to make a show that's then going to get acquired, right? And like, you want to sell it to Spotify or whoever, mm-hmm. which is like a totally fair game to play. And then there's like, if you want to own it and have it and have it be yours. Right. I think that if you are in that latter category, the thing that I feel like I always appreciate most in podcasts, and I think that translates really well is like, you don't, ha- you get to do whatever you want. And so you should do whatever you want. And like, you should go find, like, k- follow the thing that you're interested in and like 
you can tell when a host is excited about something, right? Or when they're really into it. And that is like, people talk about like audience building and like, how do you get people to listen? And like, the number one thing for me is that like, I want the, to feel like the host is like into it. Cause if they seem bored, like why should I listen to something? Um, and so I think just like, you can kind of tell when someone is like doing a thing they're really excited about and that like follow that, right? Like if you're going to go into independent podcasting and really try and make it like you kind of need to have that, like in like you have to have be having fun because like it will sound better. Fans will catch on to it. They'll want to have fun with you. And also like, I don't know, your life will be happier because you won't be like making something you don't like. I don't know. Uh, I feel like my main motto in life is like, have more fun with what you are doing. Like try stuff, experiment, like, it might not work. That's fine. No boss can yell at you. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely a great point. Uh, just kind of um, getting back to, to your podcast. Um, so you, you explored so many different, so many different futures. Like, is there something that you're, and I, I don't know if I'm going to word it correctly. Is there kind of, is there a scenario that you look at and you're just like, I don't know if I'm the person to, to touch on that. Or is there something that just like, well, it's the future. It's something everyone should have uh, should have access to. Like, is, is there anything that you that you kind of look at and say, I don't know, you know, I don't know if it's something that 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 I can speak to. Yeah, for sure. I think you know one of the advantages of having it be expert heavy, right? That I get to call people up and have them speak to it. So there are definitely topics on which like I have no authority to be speaking. Um, but I can interview people who are experts and who have had that lived experience who can talk about it, right? And that's like for a variety of different identities and topics and ideas. There are sometimes episodes where, you know, one of the things I'd love to do more on the show is expand the scope out to be a little bit more international. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm based in the U.S. Our producer is based in the U.S. Most of our audience is based in the U.S. But obviously, like, the future does not only happen in the United States. <laughs> um, and so, and there are different things happening other places, right? There are different conversations happening. And I would love to do more episodes that sort of look at examples elsewhere or sort of like things that are happening outside the U.S. But that, you know, I also don't want to be a reporter who's just like parachuting in and getting it wrong and like doesn't have the context and doesn't really understand like what's happening. And so what we're trying to do this year is raise a little bit of like money from, you know, grants and stuff to be able to pay reporters in those places so that they can kind of like take the lead and sort of be the expert and be the kind of like voice from there because yeah like there's so much context in places that I've never been to and I don't know like why this conversation is different there and I wouldn't I mean partially it's like I just don't want to get it wrong right as a journalist it's like very important to me to be correct but also like I I don't know what I don't know in some of these cases and so I just like that's a thing I'd love to do more of on the show and sort of be able to find some money to be able to pay folks for their expertise in that case where they're kind of like guiding us through a place that um i that i don't know about as well yeah and i, I was i was thinking about that especially uh listening to the show and and uh from your explanation is that yeah we're uh we're kind of limited being in the u.s about our our ideas of futurism and i would love to to see your show explore the concept of uh futurism from other cultures like uh, Japanese futurism or Afrofuturism, things of that nature. So I, I, if, if that happens again, I, I would definitely be listening to it because I would look forward to kind of seeing how that, how those scenarios jive with what we've been raised on in, uh, in the U S. 
Totally. Yeah. I mean, everything from like privacy to like relationships, like there is so much cultural context around like the questions that we ask and the conversations that we might have. And um, I mean, I like selfishly, I just want to learn about it. Right. Like I want to I want to better understand the world. Right. And, you know, we it is a, in many ways a global society, but at the same time, it's not right. There are so many things that are nuanced in particular. And um, yes, I would love to do a little like flash forward world tour. That'd be so fun. <laughs> uh, maybe one day. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. So um, just to kind of wrap up, like uh, if you wanted people to, to, to follow you online, uh, um, where could they find you? Yes, I am Rose Eveleth. For better or for worse, I'm the only Rose Eveleth in the world as far as I understand. Mm-hmm. So feel, Google will be your friend. Of, yeah, whatever comes up, I yeah, for better or for worse, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be me. Um, but I am Rose Eveleth on Twitter. You can find the show at Flash Forward Pod on Twitter and Instagram and all the places. Um, and yeah, and you can find the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, and uh, I think that's everything. Uh, I'm not great at social media because I find it very overwhelming. Um, So my social media is not always very uh, satisfying to follow, but I try my best. Just one last last question as far as uh, the book goes. Since the the experience is over, is there something, uh, are you at a place where you think you might be able to write, you you might want to write a second one? Oh yeah. I mean, like this sort of format is essentially infinitely repeatable, right? It's like, any number of futures, artists, you know, whatever it is, I would love to do another one now that I especially know, like, kind of the process. There were some moments where I was learning and I was, like, very overwhelmed by, like, what happens next? I don't know. Like, uncertainty. Um, as a journalist, you like to know things. This is, like, kind of our thing. <laughs> like, we, like, want to understand how things work. Um, and now that I understand how it works, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I would do it again. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was really, really fun. And I'd love to do another one. Um, and I also, I'm, trying to see if I can follow in Annalie Newitz's footsteps and write some science fiction as well. That'd be very fun. I'm working on a little bit of a novel at the moment. Uh, so we'll see. All right. Well, Rose Everett, thank you so much uh, for being on the Superpowered Fancast. I love the show. I, I rec- I've been recommending it to everyone that I, that I know. I think thank it's you. great. I'm looking forward to the new season. And uh, I really appreciate you you speaking with me today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. Thanks again to Rose Eveleth for being on this episode of the Superpowered Fancast. I am absolutely looking forward to the new season of Flash Forward. As always, rate and review this episode. I would really appreciate it. And you can always follow me on Twitter at SuperpoweredFan or shoot me an email about topics you'd love me to love for me to discuss at superpoweredfancast at gmail.com. And as always, you can find news, reviews, podcast episodes, everything about uh, science fiction, comic books, and pop culture uh, on my website, www.superpoweredfancast.com. So for Superpowered Fancast, this is Darren, signing off.